2: It's short track racing is where all racing started. I mean, it's even the NASCAR world started short track racing back in the day. And we just want to tell a great story, to, and to, not a story. We want to tell factual guidelines. Here's the unfiltered,
1: honest stories of how grassroots racers have and can achieve their racing goals. Fast Car to NASCAR, hosted by NASCAR driver Mike Wallace on the SpeedSport Podcast Network. Hi once again welcome to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace my name is Jeff Kent strap yourselves in pull those belts tight as we take you on a journey from short tracks across America to super speedways and everything in between we bring on a weekly guest and today's guest boy you talk about irons in the fire He's an actor. He's a country music singer. He's a film producer, director. You might remember his role as the hood-sliding, General Lee-driving Bo Duke on The Dukes of Hazzard. John Schneider is here. Hi, John. Say hi to Mike Wallace.
0: Hey, Mike Wallace. What's going on, my friend? Good John, to talk
2: to you. we are so excited to have you on today. We just got unlimited things I'd like to talk about. But, man, <laughs> I'm. you know, I, I want everybody to know... I. I um, you know, we worked together on one little show called The Bandit like thirty years ago, twenty-five years ago over here in Monroe, oh, North with Carolina. Need them. Yeah. Hell Needham. And yep, hell Needham. And then last October down in Chatham, Louisiana, I'm down there to run a super late model dirt race. And I look up and I see this huge crowd of people at the other side of the pit area. And it's like, What's going on? Who's here? you know, and they go, well, Bo Dukes here. <laughs> I said, "You mean John Schneider?" And they go, "Yeah." And I walk over, and here you are. You got a race car. You got fans everywhere. You're, you're a race car driver.
0: Well, you know, it's about time. It's about time. <laughs> my uh, my my wife and I got into dirt track racing. The two of us, which is what's so great. I mean, if you can, if you can find a a, a woman you love who plays golf and races dirt track, my God, marry her. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And, and, uh, so we got into it, uh, in the beginning of the, the, uh, pandemic, we had somebody come up and say, Hey, do you race dirt track? And I said, no, but I sure would love to. And he said, well, I've got a, I've got an extra car. So what you saw when, uh, when I ran into you down there at Chatham, that was, that was somebody else's extra car. And, uh, you know as well as I do, when you have an extra car, it's kind of held together with bailing wire and duct tape. Uh, but it was a great way to get my feet wet and to really get, like, ravenous about this whole dirt track thing. So we now have our own cars. My wife has one that's modeled after the uh, black and gold stand on a car from the movie Stand-on-it, which I think, Mike, you, you told me you saw it twice, and that's a, that's a good sign.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. I just want to hear the finish, finish part of this. You and your wife, Rachel. I love it.
0: Well, then we, uh, we, and and my car is like the one you saw. I drive an orange car with an 01 and a General Lee and Rebel flag on the roof. Uh, And on my, my, uh, my tail, uh, which is hopefully what most people would be looking at uh, is Pride, Not Prejudice so that's on that's on my car cuz uh, i'm uh, i am just there's so many things i'm sick and tired of right now i'm actually now i'm sick and tired of being sick and tired <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a country song yeah. <laughs> but um you know it's uh, when when the uh, I didn't want to call them politically correct because I think they're politically incorrect. You know, they're, they're politically correct by their own definition of what correct is. But, uh, you know, I believe in truth and honesty and saying, and, and saying what's on your mind. I don't believe in, in hurting people intentionally with your words, but I do believe in speaking your mind. So when the whole nonsense came out about how Dukes of Hazard was a racist show because of the car we drove and the flag on the car. And generally I, I you know, and I'm a recovering Yankee. And the first track <laughs> I was with Watkins Glen, I'm from New York. So I just, I had enough of it. So rather than, rather than put the general Lee away, Uh, I decided to get a couple of more Kleed lights and shine it as bright as I could on there for everybody to see. Cause I'm not, I'm not buying their BS.
1: Well, (laughs) neither are the good folks in Louisiana, John. (laughs) I'm (laughs) sure, I'm sure you don't run into too many problems down here.
0: No, no. You know, it's, and, and we, everyone, as far as I can tell, I'm 61 years old. And as far as I can tell, since, since Martin Luther King Jr. and all of the stuff that was going on in this, they they made tremendous changes in the world. He and his group made tremendous changes, especially in our country, for the better. So this recent nonsense uh, is diminishing all of the victories that they had, and I think uh, his death. So anyway, there's my there's my soapbox. <laughs> I get along with people, people get along with people and the folks who are out there benefiting from creating division, uh, they need to, they need to, uh, they need detention.
1: So you're having, (laughs) so you're having fun at the racetrack. You and your wife are driving race cars. How many times uh, a week, a month do you race?
0: Oh, not enough because we're making, uh, we're making, we race as much as we can. So the last time we were on a track was three weeks ago, and that was at Lucas Oil Speedway.
2: Oh, wow. You, uh, you went to
0: Lucas Oil over to Wheatland, Missouri? Yep, yep. We were in Wheatland. We were there for the uh, – we did a, an extravaganza there. So we had our, our movie on Friday. We raced on Saturday. Uh, and they had the drag boat races Saturday and Sunday. Boy, that's a trip.
2: That's exciting.
0: That, you know, I actually – <laughs> I looked for a brake pedal on one of those things. I couldn't find one.
2: <laughs> it's called the bank.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The road yeah. It's called, you know, uh, rural route, whatever.
2: Yeah. Hey, to but, share a little uh, story yeah, so the with you of, from I the... want to
0: get more, more track time, but it just doesn't, uh, it doesn't seem to be in the cards for me right now. Um, stand on it. The movie we did that we're going to show at Bulls Gap has done really, really well for us. Uh, so so well in fact that we have done a sequel to it called Poker Run and I have a, a series of uh really self-imposed deadlines on on getting that finished and out. Um we're gonna release it on what I call Orange Friday, which is the Friday after Thanksgiving. So think about that for a minute. And um we, uh, we bring stand-on it to the track. We're going to be showing the movie stand-on. That's our, our tribute to Smokey and the Bandit. And I drive a triple black uh, Hellcat Challenger that we cut T-tops in the roof with with a Sawzall. So... <laughs> You know, I'm from New York State, not New York City. You know, there's a lot, there's still a lot of rednecking.
1: I was gonna say northern rednecks. That's a thing. Mm.
0: <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of dirt roads up there,
1: so- and uh, and I love them.
0: But I'm telling you, the racing thing is so much fun. I have never set a single wheel on the track at at Bulls Gap, though. I've not set a wheel there at Volunteer Speedway. I hear it is a trip because it's the bank is what 36 degrees
2: yeah it's a famous dirt track you know i, I grew up in st louis missouri dirt racing that's what i did until i become a full-time nascar racer and bull's gap is like the iconic dirt track of tennessee because it's got such high bang kind of a short place so you'll have a wonderful time there hey tell us a little bit more though and, and i'm going to back up but i'm not going to back up that far tell us about stand on it i really enjoyed the show because of a it, it's a Fun take off of Smoky and the Bandit, and I remember you saying it was a tribute to Hal Needham. Yeah. And Hal Needham, you know, owned a NASCAR team at one time that
0: Harry yeah, Scroll Bandit. Yeah. Scroll so, Bandit. Well, uh, Bert was. Yeah. I think Bert was partners with him in that. Yeah. I think they won a couple of uh, championships. They they ran very
2: well. They were. Uh, yeah. they, we always uh, Harry Gant was called Mister October because he'd win two or three races every October, and he was a good-looking guy for his age, so they called him Handsome Harry when everybody had nicknames. Oh, Harry up there rim riding oh, around great. the top of the racetrack. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so so oh, tell everybody great. listening about Stand On It, because I think that's a... I, I loved it. It was funnier than acting. Oh, thank you. Well,
0: yeah. Stand On It is our tribute to Smoking the Bandit. Uh, when I was 16, they were... Uh, I heard on the... I lived in Atlanta. By that time, I, my mother worked for IBM, and she moved to moved us to Atlanta. So I went to high school in Atlanta, and at 16, in 1976, I heard on my radio uh, that Burt Reynolds and Hal Needham were at the uh, Lakewood Fairgrounds filming a movie with fast cars. So I skipped school, and I went there. Now, I've been in theater since I was eight years old, so this wasn't like I was— I. I just made some cavalier decision it was like oh there's my opportunity so i went to the fairgrounds i parked in the dirt i climbed a fence i found some guy with a radio and uh, tapped him on the shoulder and said hey man i'm sorry i'm late but uh i on our traffic on i-85 was a bear where's <laughs> hair and makeup
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is classic i can hear this
0: yeah yeah well and you know nobody wants ever to admit they have no idea of who you are or, you know, he, he, didn't want to risk being wrong. So I got into hair and makeup and he brought me a breakfast sandwich. You know, after about 20 minutes, I got, I got a breakfast sandwich. I got a nice little, uh, Tuttle tan going and, um, wound up spending the day with a, a fellow New Yorker, which was Jackie Gleason. <laughs> oh so I gosh. spent, I spent probably four or five hours with uh, the man who was, was to become Buford T. Justice to the world, uh, but he wasn't yet. I mean, nobody had seen the movie yet. And then I'm just, I'm in the very last shot when the uh, when Jackie chases after Bert and Sally and, and, uh, and Son and Jerry and the dog in the Cadillac. Uh, a tire falls off the cop car and hits this tall, there's a whole bunch of people on the right-hand side, it hits this tall, gangly 16-year-old with a black cowboy hat and a blue jean vest in the shin and then they freeze frame and roll credits so i'm in the movie for about four minutes but it's just one
1: frame (laughs) (laughs) claim to fame
0: (laughs) yeah but i tell you it gave me uh it took a lot of nerve to do that but i did that i didn't i'm not making any of that up so the same 16 year old that did that two years later Brought a six-pack of beer to an audition at the Omni International Hotel. Uh, opened up a can of beer while I was sitting there. And you know what auditions are like, Mike. So I'm in there. I open up a can of beer. I'm 18 years old. Got my feet on the coffee table. I drink the beer beer, and, and offer the secretary one. <laughs>
2: you
0: know, where are my manners? You, you want a beer? And... That made such an impression on on one of the producers. You know, and I told him that I was from Snailville, Georgia. I grew up on a farm. I didn't give him my resume. I didn't tell him I was from Westchester County, New York. Nothing. <laughs> um and I told him I was twenty-four, because they were looking for people twenty-four to thirty. I was eighteen. And um Hey, hold hold it, that it thought such just an impression on one of the guys that later he told me. That's Bo Duke. But the other guy said, over my dead body, this hit is going to be in my television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was great. You don't, you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. But one of the lies, I think you'll like this, Mike. One of the lies I told uh, during that time was that I had just finished first in my class at the Georgia School of High Performance Driving. And there is no such thing. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but... You had a professional line of BS going, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you call it that. I call it acting. Now, come on. (laughs) Uh, But I tell you, one of the the great things is later on is uh, the reason I did Bandit is Hal and I had become really good friends. Uh, And when we first started hanging out, it was uh, Hal Needham and Hal Ruddy uh, and Stan Barrett and I. Uh, And I think he was the first driver of the Skull Bandit car. Yep. Um, well, he said, eventually after we were talking, I, when I said, uh, at some point, I said, you know how I was in smoking the bandit and he said, you weren't in, Sm- wait a minute. Were you that kid that climbed the fence and BS this way? And I said, that was me. And, <laughs> uh, we shared a beer over that. And then later when Bert became a friend, uh, I said, you know, I was in smoking the bandit. He said, who were you in? Wait a minute. You were the kid that we nobody could figure out what in the hell you were doing there. <laughs> and I said, that was me. And he said, John, no wonder you're famous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a great, great story, time. man. The, the hat on backwards, a six-pack of beer, and, you, and you're in audition. Yeah, and you for know, Bodu. I did? I had
0: my hat on backwards long before these these faux folk, <laughs> country folks started doing it. Yeah, right. Oops, I might have hurt somebody's feelings just
1: then. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> hey, we're talking to John Schneider. We'll, t- we'll be back in a second. We'll talk more racing. We'll talk uh, Dukes of Hazard uh, and then some no-telling where we're going to go. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Before we get back to Fast Car 2 NASCAR with Mike Wallace. With everything from resto mods to numbers matching classics, American muscle to European exotics, watch as a dazzling array of vehicles cross the block at the GAA Classic Cars Auction. Tune in on MAV-TV Thursday, September 9th for Speed Sport Presents, the GAA Classic Cars Auto Auction. Check your local listings for channel and time. Welcome back. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. Our guest today, John Schneider, Bo Duke hey. from The Dukes of Hazard. Take it away, Mike Wallace. Well, John,
2: you know, I just—it was so much fun. First little segment. We're talking about the how you just snuck onto the set of smoking and the Bandit. I mean, that's like, incredible. Jeff's telling me
1: during the well, break. Well, I snuck on with authority. <laughs> yeah. And how do you do What's authority? You know, I, sneak I mean, on you just, and hide. You know, I got... I, were I mean, you cocky? No, you, you just got to be confident, right? No,
0: I was apologetic. <laughs> <laughs> I was apologetic, you know, because I was late. Oh, you were late. That's uh, right. That, traffic was backed up. I'm yeah. Sorry, yeah that, that, well, you know, everybody knows that traffic is always a bear on I-85, so... So yeah, I you've got to um, so <laughs> hey I got to be very I, specific in your fabrication.
2: Yeah, I got to <laughs> ask this question. I mean, I, I'm sitting here thinking about you jumping the fence. I can see this confident kid, you know, rolls up there. Some, you know
0: the place. You know, you knew the fairgrounds, right? Yeah. So, so how did
2: you get to the point where they actually said, "Okay, you're in the deal." And we're gonna they. Paid you something or had you sign something? When did that happen?
0: Nope. Nope. They didn't pay me anything. I didn't sign anything. Really? Just nope. like but this game we here. Were right? on, uh, we were the, on the midway. <laughs> we, were, we were on the midway of, uh, of the fairgrounds there uh, in the shade of the. Um, I guess there was a track, right? There was a. Yeah, it was a race was track. a track and Absolutely. Then that beautiful roller coaster. So we were, we were in the midway of the track, and that's where the circus was. And then there were the there was a fence around that was just naturally there. And all of the all of the folks who had showed up legitimately to be extras in the movie were just, you know, out there kind of baking.
1: <laughs> I got you. Now I, now I got and I it. was I was sitting in there with Jackie and, and uh,
0: uh, Bert was uh, Bert, I never, didn't meet Bert Reynolds that day, uh, but he was in his, he was in the scene. Um, And I want to say that in the very last shot, when they drove the Cadillac away, it was Bert and it was Jerry, but I don't think Sally was there. I think that was her stunt double, I think. Um, But anyway, uh, you just you have to have and here's what Denver Pyle called it. And Folks, Denver Pyle, yes, was my Uncle Jesse on Dukes. And he said, John, never lose your greatest gift. And I said, what is that? And he said, you have the strength of your ignorance.
2: <laughs> the strength and he of said, your no, ego that's not, a,
0: that's not a dig he said what that means is you don't know that what you have done and i was at this point you know 18 and he said you don't know that what you have just pulled off is impossible and i said i said denver this is the at least the second time i've done it <laughs> <laughs> So
2: we refer to that in a race world, you don't know what you don't know,
0: you know. There you go. You don't yeah. know what you don't know. So yeah. so, God forbid anybody tells you what you don't know. Yeah. But as you get older, and I think you can attest to this, as you get older, wisdom is realizing every day that you know less than you thought you did yesterday.
1: I have no idea what you just said. <laughs>
0: well, that's a good sign. That's a good sign.
1: All right, well, let's yeah, go forward like just a little
2: bit from The Bandit, the and The Bandit. And probably I would have to say your original most iconic moment is being Bo Duke. Uh, oh, yeah. I, we all grew up around that. I loved it. It was so I much fun. <laughs> well, that, that's what I want to hear. You know, I uh, hey, let me jump back one thing. How was Jackie Gleason? What was he like in person? He
0: was great. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you why he was great is at the time, I think he was living in uh, Peekskill, New York, which is in Westchester County. Uh, If it wasn't Peekskill, it was another. It wasn't Patterson. That's New Jersey. Anyway, he was living in Westchester County. So when I when I came up to him and I, I said, hello, Mr. Gleason, love your work. Now, remember, I'm 18, but i had been doing theater and magic and playing guitar and, and, you know, really out there beating the streets uh, for, uh, at that point, like eight years, even though I'm only 16 years old. But I knew Jackie Gleason. I knew his work. It was was wonderful. You know, the great one. It was fantastic. But what really made him say, sit down, kid, was... uh, is the, is the beer better at the bullpen or the elbow room? And those are two bars in Westchester County, in Mount Kisco, actually. Well, one's in Mount Kisco, one's in Bedford Hills. And he looked up at me and is like, I like you, kid. <laughs> <laughs> because he was sitting, he had a little kid next to him that had a, uh, one of those red wagons full of ice, and it had a, a beer keg in it. And he would drink his drink and then just hold his hand out, you know, kind of like he holds his cigarette out as uh, as Cletus, or as Buford T. Justice. And the kid would grab the, the mug and then fill it back up with beer. So that's what he did all day. So <laughs> he and I spoke bars for 10 or 15 minutes. And then we talked about, you know, show business and the honeymooners and all that kind of stuff and the hustler. No. So it was it was wonderful. In fact, I, I wrote a report because remember I skipped school. So I wrote a uh, the only only uh, report I ever got an A on in English class was my report about hanging out with Jackie Gleason on the set.
2: <laughs> Incredible <laughs> report.
0: All right. Yeah, well, it was. I wish I had that. You know, I wish I, I wish I could find that somewhere. But but you know it, it uh, I believe that that we know what we're supposed. to. Let me rephrase that. We know what we are. We know what we're supposed to be. Uh, we're we're all a tool in God's uh, God's tool chest, anyway. So, what are you? Are you a pair of vice grips? Are you a screwdriver? If you're a screwdriver, you a flathead. Are you a star bit? What are you? What are <laughs> you a Phillips? You know what the hell are you? And I knew from from about eight years old on because I'm one of these kids who went to the movies every Saturday, double feature. I knew that that's what I was supposed to be doing. It wasn't like, oh, gee golly, I want to be in the movies. I did, but it was like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. So when the opportunity came to BS my way onto the set of Smokey and the Bandit, I looked at that as, I think I said it early on, I said, oh, there, there's an opportunity. I'm going to seize it. And then when Dukes came about, um, when I read that, I thought, oh, that's, that's mine. That's absolutely mine. I, all I have to do is go get it. Um, that, now, bear in mind, gentlemen, that week I auditioned to replace John Travolta and Welcome Back, Cotter. I, don't and I auditioned for a movie with Robert Duvall called The Great Santini. Uh, I didn't get either one of those, but I did get, after about five and a half weeks, I did get the Dukes of Hazzard. Um So as much as people would like to think I was out doing yard work and somebody said, oh, my God, there's Bo, and then my life changed from mm-hmm. that moment on. It's just not true.
1: Hey John, speaking of things that uh, that people know or don't know, one of the things I saw online yesterday, you did a bit uh, called 10 Things People Don't Know About the Dukes of Hazzard and you spent a couple of minutes talking about the General Lee and how many jumps it made and where the original General Lee is or what, how many versions of the General Lee were there?
0: Well, we had, um, my memory of when we were filming initially in Georgia, there were three. Uh, and there's one that's considered Lee 1, which was uh, when they, there were three cars in a parking lot and no, we hadn't used them yet, so somebody na- labeled them 1, 2, and 3. So Lee 1 is Lee 1 just because somebody put that sticker in the window. Uh, but it's the only one that's left from, from those original days. Uh, and I I do know where it is, but I'm not at liberty to say.
1: Um, well, now I've heard that uh, golfer Bubba Watson has a General Lee. Would that be the original? Or well,
0: not? I signed. Yeah, I signed Bubba's General Lee um, a couple years ago. I traded a uh, an autograph for a, a round of golf with him. Nice. And uh, <laughs> and it was it was great. Yep. And. And that was Lee one. That was Lee one. But I don't believe Bubba has it anymore. I don't know. And I had heard, you know, on and off you hear things. uh, I'd heard that he took the flag off, and then I saw the car with with Bubba and the flag on. So I have no idea.
1: Right. Yeah, I heard that same
0: story. People just like to stir
1: stir crap
0: out there, you know. So uh, I tell you, playing a round of golf with, with, I mean, I know I'm a terrible (laughs) golfer. There's there's no word to describe how terrible I really am in comparison to Bubba Watson.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I think we'd all be terrible next to Bubba. Uh, yeah, but speak- thank
0: God he can't sing. <laughs> because you know, uh, a little a little. Uh, uh, my math on how many general Lees we had, though. Uh, we did 158 shows, and we wrecked two cars a show. <laughs> so a little over 300 there, and then I, there has to be a little margin for error. So my, my educated guess is uh, 329. Wow. And they were everything from 318 to 440 to 340 to 340 Magnum, the 440 Magnum. Um, but never once, uh, people ask me this all the time, you know, it sounded like the General Lee was a uh, four-speed, but when you see us shifting, it's obviously an automatic. Well, we, we never had a four-speed car. Uh, I've only had one four-speed 69 charger, and if you tried to shift that thing and operate a clutch and throw a uh, 180 with the emergency, it's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> hey, You, you know, just can't you, do it. You
2: probably don't know this, John, but back when we were talking about that show we worked on, The Bandit, 25 years ago, you taught me how to do... A 180 spin, or advised me with the emergency brake. I'd never done that yeah, before. Buddy. They blew the air, yeah, put buddy.
0: a bunch of air
2: in the rear tires, and you reach down yep. and you hold on the lever. You dispense the emergency brake, and that baby a spin out in a minute, man. It,
0: oh yeah, you slam it on it. It locks up the, uh, the rear brakes. In fact, when I get off the phone with you guys, I'm going to go out because there's there's one shot we need for Poker Run because I'm not happy with the shot we have. Remember, there's a great shot in smoking the bandit when the Trans Am is coming down the road and all of a sudden those beautiful honeycomb wheels just lock up on the rear end. Yeah. You, know, and you, can, you can see them and you can read Goodyear on those tires. I, I think they were white Letter tires. Um, well, currently we've got a shot where I do that and the, the emergency brake didn't work quite as well, so the tires kind of slowed down. They didn't lock up. And the, the 16-year-old in me is very unhappy with that. so since you reminded me of that, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do that shot again, and uh, I'm going to get... So when you see Poker Run and you see the most beautiful shot since 1977, you'll know that it's your fault.
2: Well, I and I appreciate that because I want to give you a lot of credit. For us, at least through my career, I know of three rental cars that I rolled the tires (laughs) off the wheel because of you. You know, so it was... You know, back in the day, before all that cell phone stuff and picture phones and all that, you could do, you know, part of racing back then was the good time that happened on Thursday, Friday, Saturday night in the motel parking lot. (laughs) And, man, we we had some experiences, and it all come from that experience. Oh,
1: don't kid yourself. When we're done with this show today, we're going to go have some fun in my Mustang right Uh, out here on the side. You've got (laughs) to. to. Especially,
2: you know. With, with, the, if you get the car with the center emergency brake, you Which pull the yep. lever, you yep. know, you don't have to reach down there to the, bra- the it, emergency
0: no, brake. No, I got it. Oh, well, my God. My, the, the brake on my Challenger is very tricky in the stand on a car because it locks at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you've got to stomp on it and take your foot off and then stomp on it again. <laughs> so it's a, it's a, it's got a little bit more going on in there than the General Lee. And the General Lee, we used to pull that pull that metal handle back, and either bend the whole thing over so the brake would never engage, would never lock, or we'd take a little pair of those those uh, little needle nose vice grips, pull the brake out, shove the vice grips up there, and clamp it down so that uh, so you didn't have to mess with that handle.
1: Yeah, See, some good old redneck right. fun it, right here's there. Here's something for all you <laughs> folks.
0: If you watch those great old movies, you'll always know if, if they didn't do that, because you'll see that the stunt man is driving and kind of leaning forward. That's because he's got his hand on that little T grip. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and he's pulling that, he's pulling that handle for all he's worth while he's driving, while he's stomping on the emergency brake. And, uh, it's, it's great, great fun. I love it.
1: You're, I uh... wanted to
0: be a stunt man. I wanted to be a stunt man. Uh, that was going to be my foray into Hollywood. But then, uh, uh, I couldn't sell my car. Uh, I had a dear friend I went to high school with named Jack Gill. And we were going to move. I, I graduated high school in 77. Uh, I was going to move to California with him, but I couldn't sell my car. At 18, when I got Dukes of Hazard, he was not my, my first stunt double, but he he doubled me in Dukes of Hazzard. The guy I was going to move with to California to be a stuntman, wound up being my double on the second season of Dukes of Hazard.
1: <laughs> That's cool. How,
0: how cool is that? Yeah, I
1: know. it. All right, we're talking to John Schneider, Bo Duke, from uh, the Dukes of Hazard, and so much more. When we come back, maybe we talk some country music. He's a country music singer, oh, we'll, talk,
0: we'll talk about your dad and trucks and truck on. We've got a new album called Truck On. Let's do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Before we get back to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace... Getting down and dirty doesn't have to represent odd jobs anymore... Take a seat on the cushion as Kyle Armstrong brings you the latest in dirt late model action from across the country. It's Forward Bite, And the latest episode is available now on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, NASCAR Digital Media, and your favorite podcast platforms. Welcome back. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. My name is Jeff Kent. Our guest today, John Schneider, Bo Duke from the Dukes of Hazzard. He's an actor. He's a film producer, director. He's a country music singer, Mike Wallace. And, and,
2: and a really good one, if I may say so. So, uh,
0: Oh, shucks.
2: Shucks. <laughs> Just old shucks. Tell us a little bit about the country music career. We love
0: it. Well, you know, I uh, grew up in New York State, rural New York, really. And my dad played in a square dance band. Uh, with a bunch of fellow pilots. He was a uh, a general aviation pilot, flew a V-tail Bonanza. And his his band, the Crop Dusters, (laughs) uh, were great. And I used to... uh, My parents were divorced, so I didn't hang out with my dad a lot. But when I did, I would go watch him play. So I'd, I'd sit down next to the drum kit. My dad would be up front wearing a black cowboy hat, playing a guitar, calling square dances. And that really, really made a huge impression on me. So when I made the realization at the ripe old age of eight that, you know, entertainment and movies and all that was what I was supposed to do. Uh, music became a big, big part. So most of the first shows and things that I did were musicals like little Abner and Annie Get your gun and the music man and the Mikado and uh, fiddler on the roof shows like that. So by the time I had uh, when Dukes came around, I had, had been doing theater for 10 years and I did my first album. Um, oddly enough, in the in the building where we shot uh, Daisy's song on Dukes of Hazard, it was called Master Sound uh, in Atlanta on Spring Street. And I had done an album at 16 years old the same year I snuck onto the set of, of Smokey and the Bandit or, or with uh, with Authority. Remember, <laughs> um, I had I had done an album called The Small One in that same recording studio. So when Dukes came around, uh, word got out because Tom and I, Wopat and I would sit around and, and play our guitars all the time. And uh, that's actually how we met. That's another story. We met in the bathroom. I saw his guitar and said, hey, who are you? But uh, they heard that I sang, so I wound up on the the Dinah Shore show back in 1979. I sang a Ronnie Millsap song. Well, people heard that, and uh, then I did the People's Choice Awards, and I sung Still, the Lionel Richie song. And a company called the Scotty brothers heard that. And I got a call or my management got a call the next day. And, um, next thing I knew, I had a a record deal at, uh, at Scotty brothers for CBS. And the first song that I did, the first album I did was called it's now or never, which is still the top charting Elvis cover of all time. Um, in fact, it, because of that, it, it has, uh, earned me a, a display at Graceland, which I'm so very proud of. Uh, I've not seen it. I haven't been to Memphis in a while, but but I have a display with my It's Now or Never album uh, at Graceland in Memphis.
2: Well, that's quite um, an honor right there.
0: It is a tremendous honor. Yep, tremendous honor. So I did um, four albums, I believe, for Scotty Brothers, and... Uh, it's now and Ever, quiet man. Uh, if you believe the Dukes of hazard album was done, it's a great album. If you've not heard it's so much fun. If only to hear the two songs by Jimmy Best and Sorrel book, it's worth, it's worth, it's way in gold. It's a wonderful, wonderful album.
1: You ever get to hang out oh. with Waylon?
0: Oh yeah. Used to hang out with Waylon. Um, and you know, Dukes had the, uh, the celebrity speed trap thing. So I had a I had a great opportunity to meet a w- bunch of wonderful people: Mickey Gilly, Dottie West, uh, Loretta Lynn. Loretta was in uh, was in. Uh, I don't. it might have been the first season. Uh, and you know, she needs she needs all our prayers right now because her her dude ranch is right there in the middle of all that flooding. Oh so,
2: goodness! Yeah. I, I just read that yeah. on the way up here. That's a, that's a shame. It's uh, it's terrible. Horrible floods we over
0: Tennessee. We had our 100-year our flood followed by our 1,000-year flood in 2016, so we understand what's going on. In fact, as soon as we get done with Bull's Gap, we're going to go there. We've got uh, my wife organized two, two tractor trailers full of supplies. We're going to be bringing there uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, handing them out of, of next week. Nice. So when you come to Bull's Gap, if you have any extra toothpaste or – any supplies uh, please feel free to bring them and we'll put them in our our truck one of our one of our trucks is the stage that we use so we're going to fill that up with supplies we're going to fill two other semis up with supplies and bring them there but anyway all that to say that i had great relationships with country music uh stars um and then wound up going over from cbs to mca and that's where uh, the first album i did was called too good to stop now and it had uh, i've been around enough to know and country girls on it and both of those went number one um shortly after or as rather dukes was going off the air uh, i was having number one songs so I'd, I'd love to claim that was to some because of some great plan of mine but it was uh back again i'm the kind of guy who who prepares for and expects opportunity to show up at every turn and i think because i think that way it does and i believe that if you thought that way it would too whoever's listening <laughs> so, so well, you know a friend of mine years ago a friend of mine we were talking about something and i'd say well you know just go out and do it and he said no john you know the re- you 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 talk that way because of who you are or you think that way because of who you are. And I said, no, Phil, I'm who I am because I think that way. And uh, chew on that for a moment.
2: I'm going to back that up just for a second. And we're going to go back to the beginning because I'm, I'm very intrigued by your confidence, your enthusiasm. Tell me how the eight year old boy at that time in his life, knew that he wanted to be an artist. How, how did? I mean, what do you think made that happen?
0: Well, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's a difference, and I, I can't figure out how to explain it. Um, it's not that I wanted to be an artist. It's that I realized I was. Um, I had, if, if I was going to write a book report, I would write a book, or at least I'd set out to. You know, I, you know, it was a dark dingy morning and the sun was coming over this, you know, I was, <laughs> I, I always thought and still do in big pictures, you know, um, and I, when you see the movies, I think, I think you can attest to this, Mike, when you saw it, even a fun car movie stand on it, the composition was good. You know, the, the, the people looked like, we look like heroes. Um, we, it, it shot well, uh, because I was an eight year old sitting and watching, uh, watching these great movies like, uh, you know, John Wayne's movies, the Cowboys or the wild bunch or Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid. Um, so I just, I, I, I knew it, but not in a cocky way. I, it's so hard to, so hard to, uh, There's a difference between wanting to race a car and knowing you're a race car driver. Uh, I believe that Wayne Gretzky knew he was a hockey player, whether he wanted to play hockey or not. He knew he was a hockey player. Um, So I never let go of that. Uh, And of course, you know, I tell people that when if you're 50 years old and you hate what you do, take a little time, go back to being seven or eight and try to remember what it was that you were sure you were when you were seven or eight and identify with that. And then take steps immediately. Don't quit your job, but take steps and immediately start doing that, which you were built to do.
1: But nobody wants to pay me for doing tricks with a yo-yo.
0: <laughs> I don't know if they paid Tommy Smothers.
1: So, John, having you said know, all mean, that, I are think,
0: uh, you know uh, uh, Carl Edwards? Carl is, is just a frustrated gymnast. You know, he's a hell of a driver. Was a hell right. of a driver, but you know, Carl got off more on doing those backflips than he did on driving.
1: Right. Having said all that, John, are you a race car driver? Then,
0: you know, I I am. I, I when I got in the car when i got in the general lee first of all i love throwing the car around trees and corners and all that kind of stuff but I, I will tell you though i have yet to make the connection between my car and the general lee as soon as i make the connection between my car and the general lee everything that i've known for 45 you want well, longer than that i used to i used to play with my uh 74 four-speed Capri in the uh, parking lot at General Electric when it would freeze over every winter. Oh, absolutely. So, so <laughs> I knew what to do then. I've had, I'm, I'm going to equate dirt track to golf. I've had enough people explain to me what I need to do that I'm kind of like the centipede. You go up to the centipede and you go, dude, how in the world do you move all those legs at the same, you know, just a little, and then he can't move? so i've got to relate the general there are my car to the general lee my biggest issue is that uh, i might get these numbers wrong in a in my gen my real general lee i've got 16 to 1 steering and in my race car i've got eight to one there you go right yep so that you know, it might just, now that I've said that, it might just be that I need to trade my steering box out.
2: <laughs> well, what you, what you I'm always, over-steering.
0: You I'm always over-steering,
2: want to remember as your race car, there is no reset switch <laughs> and there's not an inventory of them in the
1: parking lot for you.
0: <laughs> no, no. And I hit the wall already. So I, I hit the wall at about 95.
1: That hurts. B- yeah. Big record, little wreck? About six weeks. Okay.
0: I was at uh, Longdale in uh, Longdale, Oklahoma. Big track, big, big track, long speedway. Uh, avoided the first wreck in front of me and, and did not quite avoid the second one and then got in my own with the wall.
2: Okay. Now, this is a serious question here in regards to your okay. racing do you have guys that work on your car? Do you turn a few wrenches yourself or you just hop in the driver's seat and go sell some stuff? Currently swag?
0: because I'm because I'm the movie guy and I do concerts, I have a guy that is working on the car. Okay. I want to get out of that and and work on the car myself, but but I also know that when I did Dukes of Hazard, I had a shop called John Schneider's Celebrity Machine. And every car I touched had to be repaired after.
2: one of your early talents was not mechanical is what you're telling
0: us no and i I wanted it to be but you know that speaks to the to the eight-year-old that as soon as i got on a stage or as soon as i got in front of a microphone or a camera i was so comfortable that i mean i knew that that's what i was supposed to do i have wanted to be a mechanic all my life and every time i turn a wrench i screw something up
2: all right, we're going to run out of time here in a moment, John. Tell us about your events that you do around the country.
0: <laughs> we finally got to the event. Yeah,
2: well, I'm sorry. The event is called <laughs> we, we, as long as we got enough time, we can keep talking. Yeah. It's up to you. <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll, I'll throw it in a, in a nutshell. It's Bo's Extravaganza. Friday night, we have a meet and greet uh, and a concert, and we'll be watching uh, stand on it on a big screen. We we bring a portable drive in. It's 50 feet tall. It looks like a you know a big uh, kid's jolly jumper. So we bring that, and we really hang out. We hang out and talk like you and I, like we're talking right now. So that's Friday night, and we watch Stand On It, which is great on a little screen, even better on a big screen. Saturday it's all about autographs and music and stunts. We've got a stunt crew coming in that'll teach people to do high falls if they want. We're bringing an airbag. So how great is that? Then on on Saturday night we are gonna we we do the uh, we pack the track. I sing the national anthem. We do hot laps. Hopefully, we uh, we do well enough to be able to be in the main event, to be in the in the last race. I don't know because, like I said, I've never put a wheel on that dirt yet. So hopefully, we'll earn a place. Um, we did something a couple weeks ago where we were given a place, and that was like being given the gift of being able to play in the NFL. You will get your butt kicked. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't want to. I don't want to be track traffic. If I'm going to be out there in that race, I want to earn the right to be out there in that race. So I'm going to do my damnedest to earn the right to be out there in that race.
1: There you go. Go Um, get him, John Schneider. Hey, thank you for Sunday. We've got Cowboy
0: Church. So uh, so Cowboy Church. We have a local pastor. He's bringing his whole congregation, and we're going to have Cowboy Church down there in the field. We're going to be playing music. Uh, And I I want everybody to come, make a new friend, be a new friend, and be reminded that we live in the single greatest country in the world. And it's because, not because of our, and I say this loosely, leadership, it's because of our people. We are part of what's, we are what's right with the United States of America. We've got to get back out, shake hands, make a new friend, and just Just as important, be a new friend to somebody else. That's what the weekend is about, and I want to see everybody there.
1: Amen, brother.
2: John, before we close out, Jeff's going to close us out, but tell us how, how do all your fans find out what you got for sale. What do you Where can they buy Stand On It, things of that nature, swag? Whatever.
0: Well, you, I'm so glad you asked. You can get Stand On It at uh, johnschneiderstudios.com, johnschneiderstudios.com, or... The easiest thing to do is get my app. I have an app, Mike. How about that? I'm well, you big time all the oh, way yeah. from the Dukes
2: of Hazard to an <laughs> That's app. That's dangerous.
0: I, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. but it'll take you to the store. It'll take you everywhere. Um, it'll even take, we have our own streaming service. We don't, uh, I don't agree with a lot of the things that Netflix shows and does. So we have nothing to do with them. We have our own streaming service called Cineflix, D O D. We are, we are, uh, vehemently independent we are aggressively independent so if you like what you've been listening to the last half an hour or four days or however long we've been talking (laughs) then i want you to (laughs) please support john schneider studios.com we've got movies we've got music we've got a wonderful album that is uh, part of the part of stand on it but at its soul it's a tribute to our nation's truck drivers so it's called truck on get a hold of all that stuff if you if you uh want to get it autographed and what i recommend is you just come to the event and you can get it from us we'll we'll have stand on it with us we'll have truck on we'll have the music and the t-shirts all that stuff come on out have a great time spend some time during the vip night like i said it's not a quick thing we're just going to have fun we are going to have fellowship we're going to enjoy one another's company and we're going to watch a movie
1: Very well said, John Schneider, and thank you for your time today. We appreciate it.
0: You are welcome. You take care, and I will see you somewhere in turn three.
1: Mother truckers, (laughs) you've been listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media.